Welcome to the Harvest Time Podcast. For more info about our church, visit harvesttime.net. Now, here's today's message. Good morning, Harvest Time. Man, I'm super excited that you guys are here. Um, it's going to be a good day. It already has been a good day, and I'm excited to, uh, to continue in our series, Open Handed. Uh, before I do that, I just want to make uh, one quick announcement. Uh, as you know, a few months back, I shifted uh, seats a little bit in our uh, here in the church and stepped into the associate pastor role. And with that came a, an intense search for a youth pastor. And uh, we have been looking for someone that, that can partner with us in our next-gen team and continue to disciple students. And I am so excited to say that we have a new youth pastor. And I'm really, really, come on, you can, you can cheer for that. Uh, his name is Mitch, and he has, he has a wife by the name of Brooklyn. They will be having their first baby here in just a couple of months. And uh, so we're really excited to have them. They're going to be with us this next week, but he is kicking off a new season here at YTH on Wednesday night. And so uh, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to celebrate that with you guys. God is doing something awesome here. He's built an incredible team. We already have an incredible team in place. And, man, he just keeps adding some really, really great pieces to the puzzle. I'm excited for you to meet him next week. So uh, uh, just, just wanted to get you on page with that. It's going to be a good week around here. Uh, like I said, I'm excited to jump into the second week of our series, Open Handed. Uh, Pastor Darren kind of kicked that off and, uh, last week. But, um, man, we just finished up October. And Halloween, and I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, how many of you have your Christmas tree up already? Man, look at you guys. My wife is begging. I have put my heels in the ground, but I got a feeling I'm not going to be able to hold her off very much longer. But, uh, man, it seems like the minute that the, all the fall stuff uh, comes out, it's, it's out in Walmart for about five minutes, and then they sweep it away and start throwing the Christmas decorations in, and uh, it just seems like it just happens faster and faster every single year, and you know what, why not, because I love Christmas. I love Christmas. One of my favorite things about Christmas are Christmas movies, okay? I, I love Christmas movies, and uh, I, as I was thinking about this series, I was thinking, you know, Christmas is obviously a time where, where we begin to become more open-handed and, and start looking towards, uh, you know, being more generous in our lives. And even looking at Christmas movies, you kind of see that as, as one of the central themes. If you watch The Christmas Carol, you know, you see Ebenezer Scrooge and uh, his hard, closed heart and greed and, and selfishness uh, that, that's there. And then all of a sudden, you know, he visits, gets visited by these uh, different ghosts of um, Christmas past and present and future and all that kind of stuff. And what happens? His heart is, in, is warmed up and it's enlarged and all of a sudden he becomes generous. The guy who is selfish becomes generous. Man, what a beautiful story it is. And then one of my personal favorites, the Grinch right? Uh, his heart grew three sizes that day, guys. How cool is that, right? And what happened when that happened? He became generous. He went from being this selfish uh, old miser of a creature to, man, he went down to Whoville and gave it all back and then some. And uh, man, his heart grew three sizes. Then last, last week, we looked at the, the story of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and he was greedy, and he was, he was evil, and uh, he was corrupt in his heart, and he was just hoarding everything for himself. And then he met Jesus, right? Remember the story? He met Jesus, and what happened? His heart grew three sizes that day. And just like the Grinch, exactly what happened, he became 
generous and we see that he, he all of a sudden began giving back and, and being open-handed with things that he had once held so tightly to. And we contrasted that with the story of the rich young ruler who, who uh, by all accounts, should have already had a righteous heart. He followed the law to the T and he was, he was a righteous man who had followed, I've done all of these things since I was a child, he says. He said, yeah, but that one thing, and when, we, when he, Jesus asked him to give and asked him to open his hand, he clenched it into a fist and held tightly to all that he accumulated and walked away sad. And just in those, in those short stories there between Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler, we, we learn an incredible uh, principle when it comes to living open-handed, and that is this, that religion will not make you generous, but redemption will. Religion doesn't make you generous. Just because we follow the, check the boxes and, 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 and you cross all the T's and dot all the I's when it comes to our theology and our doctrine and all of those things. Generosity does not flow out of the law. But man, when you realize that you were nothing and that you realize that you were empty and you realize that you were broken and that you weren't worth anything. And yet God in all of his generous love came to you and paid the highest price and gave you so much. Man, when you realize the generosity of God you will become generous like Christ religion doesn't make us generous religion doesn't make us open-handed but redemption does see we know that through the redemptive work of Jesus in our lives that our old selves our old attitude our broken and selfish spirit is gone the old man has passed away behold he makes all things new So when we accept the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives, when we accept salvation, we put the old mind into the grave, we put the old attitudes to to death, we we, we crucify the flesh daily, and instead, just like Romans 8 says, we, we put on the Spirit of Christ. And we put on this eternal spirit, we put on the the spirit and the attitudes and the mind of Christ, which is full of grace and full of love and is marked by generosity. And that's why there's a change in our lives. If there wasn't a change in our lives when we accept Christ, then then we need to revisit that that, uh, moment. Because when Christ comes in, the old man has to go out and then we begin to operate with the spirit of of Christ and just like the Scrooge just like the Grinch just like Zacchaeus when we have a heart change we find that our behaviors change when we when we have a heart change when he changes our heart it affects our behaviors it affects and changes the way that we live. Now, when we begin to talk about giving and we begin to talk about generosity and we begin to talk about these things, we automatically kind of begin to look at it through a, a lens. And it's uh, a lot of it's because of that's the way that it's been taught. A lot of it's because that's just the way that we were raised in church. We have this one lens we look through and it's like we have three words uh, around generosity and, and around this topic that we seem to interchange uh, one for another, but they're actually very differently. We talk about it through the lens of stewardship, and we talk about it through giving, and we talk about it generosity. We, we kind of talk about those three things and almost interchange the terms as if they're one, but actually they're three very separate things. See, stewardship is a role. It is a responsibility. 
It is, it is the fact that, that I am given the responsibility to be a good steward of all that God has given me. But giving, see, giving is an act. Giving is something that I do. Giving is the action that flows out. Giving is, is the way that I live now then uh, because, of, because of all that God's done in my life. But when we talk about generosity, generosity is actually an attitude. It's a, it's a spirit. It's the way that we think. It's not so much who, uh, what we do, but rather it's who we are. That we are generous. And because I am generous, I give. And because I am generous, I'm a good steward. You see what I'm saying? There are three separate things that sometimes we kind of mix and mingle and, and try to put them all in the same. But they're actually three different things in the Christian life. And so today, before, I don't want to talk to you about giving today. I don't want to talk to you about stewardship today. I want to talk at, at the heart of the matter. I want, to, I want us to think about the, the, look at it through a little bit of a different lens. And let's talk about what it means to have a generous spirit. Because generosity is a big deal. It's mentioned over 2,000 times in the Bible. Hope is mentioned 185 times. Love is mentioned 700 plus times. Faith around 246 times. But generosity over 2,000 times in the Bible. What does that tell you? It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of an important concept that as believers and followers of Christ that we should probably take a look into. Now, as we begin today, I want, I want us to kind of do something that, that may be difficult because when we talk about open-handed, immediately you're thinking, I'm going to take an offering at the end of this. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to give. But I really, for just a second, can we disconnect generosity from giving to the church? Okay? I'm going to, take, I'm going to, I'm going to draw a line, okay? And we're going to talk about generosity without talking about giving to the church. Because many of us, because of the way that we've been raised or, or the time spent in church, uh, we just assume that generosity means giving uh, to the church or, or tithing. And while that is important and it is biblical, let me, let me say that one more time. While giving to the church is important and biblical, okay, first we have to fix our attitude towards giving before our gift of giving can be received. Because God loves a cheerful giver. So, so I want to draw a line today, and I want to talk about generosity, not in the context of giving to the church, uh, but more than I want you to give to the church, which is important and it is biblical. More than I want you to give to the church, which is important and biblical, I want you to live generously in your life. Why? Because that is how Christ lived in his life. And as Christians, we are called to be Christ-like, like Christ. We are supposed to live like Christ. And if we, if we learn anything from the rich young ruler, we see that someone, he, I promise, he probably, he tithed, he gave, he did all the things, but his heart was not generous. And Jesus said, there's a disconnect here. 
So let's, let's separate the two for just a second because, once again, going back to Romans 8, it talks about now that we've been renewed, now that we have received the redemption of Christ, now that we have received the gift of salvation, we have the Spirit of Christ. And it's impossible for to have us to have the Spirit of Christ and not it not affect the way that we live because you can't accept a generous gospel and live a selfish life. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't accept a generous gospel and live a selfish life. So first and foremost, before we can get to the work of our hands, let's deal with the attitude and the spirit of our hearts. Is that okay this morning? Let's talk about what it looks like to live with a generous spirit. Number one, a generous spirit is an aware spirit. A generous spirit is an aware spirit. Simply put, this this means that a generous spirit is others-focused. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And when he healed, uh, and, and he healed every kind of disease and illness, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. I love, I love this short portion of scripture here because it gives me a little bit of insight in just uh, the, what Jesus' ministry looked like. Because as Jesus went town to town, village to village, I, I believe that he planned to do so. He, he went in those, on those routes on purpose to go through those towns. And I believe that he probably walked slowly through the crowd so that he could interact and mingle with the people that had come to meet him. And as he went, as he went on his journey through the, on this path... He met their needs. Now the needs that he the needs that he met were diverse. He he taught some of them. He he encouraged some with the good news of the gospel. Uh, there were some that were, were saved. There were some that were healed. There were some that were comforted. He was compassionate towards them. He listened to them. Whatever person that he met on his way, he perceived and, and was aware of their individual needs, and he met them according to his riches in himself who he was now i don't think that jesus went through the crowd handing out hundred dollar bills and uh, he just met all their financial needs that would have been cool too i don't think that he went and he just made them rich and gave them monetary things or or maybe i don't know maybe in those days he was handing out goats or chickens or something like i don't know i don't think he did that i don't see that in scripture but what i do see is that as he went, he was aware of the people around them. He was aware of what they needed, and he met their needs. Can I say today that if we're going to live with the Spirit of Christ, now that we have been redeemed by Christ and are living in His Spirit, if we're going to live that way, we have to be aware of the people that we are around, and we have to perceive the needs that they have, and we have to walk slowly through the crowd so that we can look for opportunities to meet them where they are. A generous spirit is an aware spirit. See, see our, the people that we come in contact with in this world, the people that you go home to at the end of every work day, the people that you are surrounded with in your workplace and at the coffee shop and at the restaurants and in all the places that we go, they have needs. They have needs. Your family needs you. They need you to be generous in mercy. 
Have you ever thought about generosity in the, just in a, a little different lens? Not just opening the pocketbook, but maybe it's opening your heart. Your family needs you to be generous in mercy. Your spouse needs you to be generous in love. Your kids need you to be generous in mercy. Your coworker needs you to be generous with forgiveness. Your waitress this afternoon when you go to that restaurant, she needs you to be generous with grace. There are people that we come in contact with every day that have needs that we can meet without ever digging into our purse or a wallet. And it requires walking with a generous, aware spirit. As we interact with people, in order to live with a generous spirit, we have to be aware of people. What do, they, what do we have that they need? What could Uh, could we supply that they are searching for what has been given to us that we that maybe they are lacking that we can give see a generous spirit is an other focused others focused spirit and as people of God wearing putting on Christ and having the mind of Christ we have to be aware of the people around us be generous be open-handed generous with compliments Be generous with kindness. Be generous with encouragement. Be generous with inspiration and affirmation. People need that, and you can give that. You know, it's kind of, if if my family is going somewhere together, the four of us, we're probably going to be late. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that out there. We're most likely going to be at the bare minimum, we will arrive right on time. We will not be early, but we might slide in on time. Most likely we're gonna be late. Especially when we when our boys were younger and there were diaper bags to pack and there were all the things to get like snacks and changes of clothes and diapers and toys and and everything that they have and then right as we're walking out the door they decided that was a good time to go to the restroom again and so we have to go in and clean up and start all over if you have small kids you know that struggle if you've ever had small kids you know that struggle but we would rarely arrive on time and and even now in my life I'm really good at, at figuring out exactly what time I need to leave in order to get there on time Come on, y'all do the exact same thing. And if I look at the, if I look at the ETA on the GPS, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I, got, I beat that by five minutes easy. So we're really good at, at deciding exactly how much time we need. Our lives are often this way, though. There's, there's no margin in time. There's no time. Listen, if we get in my wife's car, it will be out of gas. But we have left at the exact time, so there's no time for gas. Therefore, we will arrive on fumes. Right? Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And we live our lives that way. We live our lives with with no margin for, for extra. We live our lives with no margin in our calendar, no margin in our finances, no, no margin in even in our energy and our emotions and our patience. 
Everything that we have been given every day of the week, every month of the year, every year of our life, we live it at full capacity. Come on, somebody. We use it all up. Lord, I'm so glad that His mercy is new every morning because I used all of it last yesterday. We use every second, every energy, everything that we have of every day. And because of that, we rarely have the opportunity to be generous. Because I, I, don't think, uh, I, I don't think it's our lack of desire, but rather it's our lack of margin that keeps us from being generous. Most of us have the desire to be generous. We have the desire to meet people. But because we simply ran out of patience, we don't have a lot of patience for the person at the end of the day. I used it all up on my kids before trying to get them to school. Like, I got nothing for you by the time I get to work. I don't, have a lot of, I don't have a lot of mercy because I was pretty merciful to the person that wanted to go 45 on the on-ramp and, and try to merge over in front of me. I used all my mercy on them. I don't have much for you by the time I get there. And so I don't have a lot of time in my calendar because I've got this and I've got this and I've got to go there and I've got to do this. And so then when it's at, when, by the time I get there, I don't have time to help you with your flat tire and I don't have time to volunteer and I don't have time to give and I don't have time to be generous in spirit because I've already used everything that I have. And because I've lived with no margin in all of these areas, I don't have time energy uh, or money or anything to live with a generous spirit to be aware of the people around me see living with a generous spirit not only means that we're being aware but it's that that we have planned we've planned to encounter people with needs and we've planned to meet them through the abundance of christ inside of us have you ever planned to be generous that day I'm going to be generous with my time with my elderly neighbor who is lonely and could really use a conversation. I'm going to be generous with the new person at work that's going to make a lot of mistakes and is going to need a lot of help. And I'm going to, I'm going to be generous and patient with them today. I'm going to be generous by, by putting a little bit of money aside so that I can, so that I can uh, maybe buy someone's groceries uh, this month. But the problem is we live with so little margin we don't plan and have the ability to be like Jesus and be aware and plan to meet the needs of the people around us. Plan for generosity. Create space in our time and energy. Create margin in our finances. Open our hearts and open our hands to the needs of the people around you. A generous spirit is an others-focused, aware spirit. Number two, a generous spirit is a healthy spirit. It's a healthy spirit. A generous spirit is, is healthy because, because there's outflow. If, you, if you've ever heard of the Dead Sea, um, it, it, the reason that it's dead is because the Jordan runs into it, but there's no outflow. It just pulls there. So there's, nothing, uh, there's no tributary or stream or river on the other side. And so the Jordan flows into it and it picks up and it accumulates nutrients and minerals and all the things from the soil and it, and it picks it up and it gathers it and it collects it and it dumps it into the Dead Sea. But the reason the Dead Sea is dead is because once it gets there, it's so salty that no plant life and no animal life, there's not a fish, there's not a plant, there's nothing in it, it is dead and it's because we collect, it collects and it gathers and it collects and it gathers, but it never flows outward. 
And in our life, generous inflow with no outflow will lead to a spiritual death. If we only receive the goodness of God and we never live out the goodness of God, we will actually shrivel up and die inside. See, receiving the generosity of God and then choosing to live our lives in that same generous spirit produces good things in our lives. That's what Proverbs says in uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five: The generous spirit will prosper. Those who refresh others, look at this, will themselves be refreshed. I love this scripture. The generous spirit will what? Prosper. Now, can I tell you that the word prosper there does not mean to be wealthy or rich, and it does not mean that if you're generous, you'll hit the lottery. In fact, uh, the King James Version says that uh, the generous spirit will be made fat, but I didn't want to use that version because I knew y'all would not live it then. If I said the generous spirit will be made fat, you're like, you know what, I'm out on this. But what it literally means is it it means that someone who is generous will be satisfied. Think of yourself bellying up to the buffet and eating until you are content and then sitting back. Come on, you know a couple weeks is coming and Thanksgiving is going to be here and all the carbs are headed your way. And when when it's all said and done, you will sit back and you will be fat and sassy, full and satisfied. And then the nap hits. Why? Because you're satisfied. And the Bible says that the generous spirit will be satisfied. What's that mean? It means that the longing inside of you, the hunger inside of you, the deficits in you, the places in you that are empty will be filled when you live generously. Not when you store up and not when you gather and not when you collect, but when we are generous in our lives. See, when we're generous with others, when you see their needs, when you step in to help with a kind word or time or energy or possessions or finances, God will then step into your life and begin to fulfill your areas of need as well. Practically, uh, actually, there are studies that prove that, that people that are generous, people that are open-handed in their life are more healthy. Just on a practical, scientific level, they have lower stress levels. They have lower blood pressure, they have lower anxiety, they have longer lifespans. And I don't believe that's by accident because we have a creator God who designed our bodies that way. Who designed our bodies to be more healthy when we are like Him. He designed our lives to be more stress-free, less anxiety, less pain, longer, fuller, more satisfied lives when we are more like Him. Him. It's the design of Creator God. See, satisfaction and fulfillment are not found in collecting for ourselves, but in giving of ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says it this way. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. See, the increase in our lives, the increase in the harvest of our lives when we are generous, look what it says, he'll enlarge your harvest. We're like, yes, Lord, enlarge our harvest. Look what he enlarges, our righteousness, our right living. When we're generous with people, when we're generous in our living, he makes us more 
righteous. He makes us more like Him. We look more like Christ. Why? Because sin is rooted in selfishness, but the gospel is rooted in generosity. And as we do this, as we begin to live this way, people take notice. Number three, a a generous spirit brings glory to God. Now, once again, back to the Christmas season, which we're currently in, if you didn't know. There will be a morning coming very soon where hardworking moms and dads have, have done everything they can to make a magical experience for their kids. And the kids in their little footed PJs will run down the hall, and under the tree will be all the gifts waiting for them. And the moms and dads will sit back, and the kids will just begin to dole out praise on Santa. Santa really was good this year. And Paris, yes, he was. Isn't Santa awesome? Yes, he is. Man, Santa was so generous. Yes, he was. And honestly, this could be a little bit difficult for us sometimes. Because, man, that Santa, he, he's pretty loved. He gets a lot of credit, doesn't he? So many times when we're generous and when we're living this way, we, we kind of want to feel like, hey, well, dad's pretty good too, if you didn't know. They, were, they got an inroad with Santa. Like they were letting him, they were giving him some tips. And unfortunately, our generosity, in our generosity, we really desire some praise and some, some affirmation. Man, what, you were so generous. But as believers and as followers of Christ, we have to recognize that every single thing that we have is a result of the generosity of our Father. Every moment, every breath, every physical thing, but even more than that, we cannot be kind if we were not created in His image. We cannot love if we were not created in His image. We cannot have peace or mercy or or forgiveness towards people because the only way we even know these concepts or because that's His character towards us. So everything we have to offer is a result of the kindness of God to us. Therefore, it's supposed to flow through us. We were created, all of creation, from the stars in the sky to the flowers of the earth. And every moving being on the planet was created for the glory of God and for His good pleasure. We were created for His glory. And when we live generously, and when we live open-handed with our words, with our time, with our actions, and everything in our life, we bring glory to God. Because generosity unlocks thanksgiving. When you're generous with people, people begin to give thanks. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, once again, we come back to this verse. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And look at verse 11. And you will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity, look what it results in 
will result in thanksgiving to God. Simply put, generosity points people to Jesus. It points people to Jesus. When we put on the spirit of Christ, which is a generous spirit, and we live in generosity towards people, they will then be thankful, and their thankfulness will not come to us, but it will go to the Father who supplies everything in our lives. We could be like Jesus with our words and with our time and with our energy and with our efforts and with our calendars and with our pocketbooks and in everything in our life. We can be generous, and as we are, we will be Jesus in the world. When we live open-handed, we allow the love of Christ to work through us And then on every occasion, every day you wake up, every place that you go, every person you encounter, you will experience the generosity of Christ in your life. Therefore, you will have more than enough to give on every occasion to every person in every place the generous love of Jesus Christ. And the result of that is that every place that you go, God is praised. Every person that you can come in contact with comes in contact with the love of Jesus. And in the River Valley and on your work and in your home, and in your school and at the gym and at the coffee shop people will then begin to acknowledge and praise and give thanksgiving to the God of love the God of generosity the God of mercy and justice and forgiveness and all of those things because you were generous thanksgiving will rise to God because you decided to live open handed it's so much more than money It's living with the attitude and the spirit of Christ, which is a generous spirit. Because a generous spirit is aware, sees others, and meets their needs. A generous spirit is healthy. You are refreshed and fulfilled and satisfied as we live open-handed. And a generous spirit brings glory to God. So how then should we live? That's the question that I always want to ask after I learn something or glean something from God's Word. That how then should we live? What do I do now with this? Very practically, you can't be generous unless you have the Spirit of Christ. Because you in your flesh have a proclivity to be selfish and greedy. You don't have to teach a kid to be greedy and selfish. You have to teach them to be unselfish and generous. You don't have to teach them the word mine. You have to teach them the word share. That's our nature. So just practically understanding this, in order to be generous in our life, we have to have the Spirit of Christ. So if you're still living in your old self, If you still feel the tug of greed and selfishness with your schedule, with forgiveness, with mercy, with love, with time, with money, if you still feel that closed-fisted grip, then it's time we lay down the spirit of Chad and put on the spirit of Christ. It's as simple as inviting him into our lives. It's as, simple of every, it's as simple as every single day saying, God, I want to be like you. 
Help me to see people and react to people the way that you would today. Give me an opportunity to be generous the way that you would be generous today. Really practical, really easy. Then just walk around with eyes open and open hands. Second thing, practical handles, way to live it. How then should we live? Plan and pray to be generous. Create some margin. Plan to be generous. Think about people that you're going to interact with that day and ask, Lord, Lord, help me to be generous. Plan to be generous. Create margin in your calendar. Create margin in your life. Create margin in your energy and your emotions. Create margin in your finances so that we can live generously. Once again, I don't think it's the lack of desire. I think it's the lack of margin that keeps us. So let's plan to live like Christ. Let me pray for you today. Father, for every person in this room, God, for those that are living closed-fisted, God, for those that are still walking in their old ways of life and with old mindsets and selfish ambition and greed and all the things that are really ugly and we don't like to admit about ourselves. Father, I pray that you would forgive us. Today, Father, we lay down our old self. We lay down the attitudes and the spirits of the flesh and we put on the spirit of Christ we do this through the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross Lord you made a way for us so we enter into relationship with you we partner with you in this world so that the world would see your love through us and God as we do this I pray that you would open our eyes to the needs around us you would open our hands to whatever it is that they need God you would open our mouths with encouragement and affirmation you would open our calendars with with time and effort Lord that you would open our hands to finances or possessions or anything that we have we recognize it all comes from you and so Father we don't want to be the Dead Sea we want to flourish and we want to be fulfilled and we want to be satisfied so God we ask that your generosity would flow through us help us to see help us to act so that you receive the glory Father, my heart's desire is that we would have a reputation. That harvest time would have a reputation. That the people of this church would have a reputation in this community of being radically generous in every way. Because God, that's the best reflection of you. Help us, Lord. We need you in this. We submit to you. We know that you are going to do great things through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. We want to help you take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. 
you can text the phrase Hi Church to the number 97000 and someone from our team will reach out. We'll see you next time.